Hi, this is Dan O'Shea, the author of Penance, and you're listening to Booked. Welcome to Booked, where two guys tell you about the books they're reading. I'm Rob Olson. And I'm Livia Snedden. This is one of the, uh, apparently people really like these, Rob. Yeah. We get good uh, feedback on hot. these. Yeah. yeah, they're hot. Yeah. We're doing an interlude episode. That means we didn't, uh, well, actually, we, we both read books this week, just not ones we're going <laughs> to talk about on this podcast tonight. <laughs> but we're going to talk about some, uh, some reading-related topics, reading, writing. A couple of these topics have nothing to do with either. There may be an appearance of a kind of uh, someone's trying a new format for books, so we'll have that a little later. Um, but other than that, I mean, we're going to kick right into some topics. Which one do you want to start with, Rob? We actually have like a hundred. So, um, it's so difficult to choose. You want to talk about our our recent uh, expansion in the podcast world? Um, yeah, we can do that. And by that, let's I talk just about mean us. I like that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Let's get right on to the best topic of the night, which is us. Uh, we recently did a guest appearance on the... We were recently recorded uh, a guest appearance on the This Is Horror podcast. Uh, it has not dropped yet, but it probably will in the upcoming weeks. And we were on to talk about Hannibal. So for those of you that don't know, um, Rob... Um, has now engaged to this TV show, and they're looking forward to getting married and living happily ever after. Wedding bells are in our future. Yeah, so um, Hannibal, the TV show, based on, a lot of people would think it's based on the movie, Silence of the Lambs. Uh, they would be correct to a certain extent, um, but based on the books. Red Dragon. Thomas Harris. Yeah, Silence of the Lambs. Hannibal, Hannibal Rising. I think that was all of them. You know, it's interesting, and I don't know if you know this. Um, they don't have the rights to Silence of the Lambs. So, as far as the material that they can use in the in the um, in the show, they can't do any specific characters from Silence of the Lambs that were that didn't appear in other books. They have to avoid Silence of the Lambs specific material. Oh, that's weird. Can we talk about that for a second? I did not know that. Yeah. So they can use Clarice because she appeared in Hannibal, right? Because she doesn't appear in the so, sequel yeah. to Silence of the Lambs. But then can mm-hmm. they use Story Matt? I mean, can they introduce her talking to Hannibal in his little glass cage and him smelling her perfume? Or I don't know how that's going to work. Yeah, I don't know how that's going to... I mean, obviously they can't do the whole oh, Buffalo Bill thing because... I just was going to say, bud, there will be no uh, no uh, pecker tucking in, in season four of Hannibal, apparently. And no uh, lotion going into baskets. Oh, that's going to suck, man. Uh, so hopefully they... they uh, I guess they're continually trying to come to an agreement with um, whatever company owns uh, Silence of the Lambs to get rights when they need them. But um, right now they have to kind of reinvent similar characters, you know, that kind of have that same feel and stuff like that if they're going to use, you know, a character that is supposed right. to be that person. Wow. And how shitty is that, dude? Because what else could you possibly do with Silence of the Lambs at this point? <laughs> yeah, but, right. What are you going to do? Come out with, like, your own Silence of the Lamb TV show? I, yeah. Like, I just... Oh, that's terrible. No, I did, I did not know that, but that is really interesting, so... Yeah. And oddly enough, we didn't talk about that at all on the Hannibal uh, conversation at This Is Horror, so you're not going to be hearing the same old thing over, over there when you listen to us uh, talking about Hannibal there. Yeah, I um, 
we talk a lot about TV shows with those guys, which is really cool because you and I both are very into television shows, and uh, we don't really mention them here very much at all. It's true. Yeah. yeah. We, we, except for when we cut loose and do a wicked interlude episode like this is shaping up to be. Uh, here's the thing I'm most excited about is that I got to plug Gossip Girl again on This Is Horror, um, <laughs> which which those guys like completely just just brushed off. But Michael Wilson was on um, Facebook talking about TV shows and recommendations, so he had asked specifically for shows that kind of have the feel of Fargo and True Detective. So again, I commented, you totally have to check out Gossip Girl. And you know, there are numerous comments after me, but again, nobody even addressed that I said that. It's the weirdest thing. It's like I put in Gossip Girl, it makes comments absolutely invisible. <laughs> That's hilarious. Uh, there might be a good reason for that. I, I can't say from experience because I've never watched Gossip Girl, but it doesn't sound like it's very exciting. Ugh, never mind. At any rate. Um, that should be coming out soon, or this is horror uh, appearance. But currently, they have an interview with Ray Cluley, um, who is the author of their next chapbook, Water for Drowning. I have a feeling you may be hearing more about that on an upcoming episode of Boat. It's probably a good bet. And I listened to that interview because I got all excited. I saw there was a new episode from This Is Horror, and I was thinking, oh, that's us. I want to listen to us. <laughs> and it wasn't, but I listened to it anyway. And... Um, the thing that I thought was funny or is interesting coming from the perspective of a person who does a podcast was um, the the water for drowning. I think it has something to do with mermaids because they were talking a lot about mermaids, but they it was kind of a digression. They were talking about um, what type of mermaid you'd prefer to date. It was a really off-topic kind of conversation, and they kept apologizing for getting off-topic, and I was thinking, that's the best part. Like You shouldn't apologize for that. That's like what... <laughs> we wish for on, on gold. booked yeah Podcast like if, if the right there. if the guest just goes off on some weird tangent we just let him go because that's where the best stuff comes from oh amanda gowan that's the best person to let go off on some weird tangent too if you haven't listened to our interview with her from the most recent <laughs> episode of booked i'm done one day it's likely we'll have an episode where we have her on. We ask her one question and then say nothing for 45 minutes and just let her keep going. <laughs> the occasional, yeah, we're still here. Yeah, oh yeah, yeah. But we edit that out so it sounds like it's just her talking for 45 minutes. <laughs> just, she just like, <laughs> she's just like a rhino. You can't stop her. And That's like, right. we're not even, like, we can't, we, don't, we gave up trying. That's what it sounds like. Mm-hmm. So, um, speaking of podcasts, and then after that, we can maybe stop talking about ourselves for a little bit, right? Um, probably not. Maybe. All right. So, new Crime Wave also coming up. So, if you don't get enough of us here or over at This Is Horror, Crime Wave. That's the other outlet that you can hear uh, the golden the golden tones of Rob and Livius. Um, we will shortly be recording another installment of Crime Wave. I'm going to let you talk about the story that we're going to have in there. All right. Yeah. Pretty excited about this. And it was something that... When Seth and I first started talking about us taking over some of the hosting over there that we wanted to do, um, he had mentioned us getting uh, people from the booked anthology to read their crimey stories and uh, put them up on Crime Wave. So, of course, any opportunity to get our names out there for any reason to anybody. Uh, I talked to some of the authors from the booked anthology and we got the first um, non-Seth Harwood Crime Wave episode of a, of a story that was in the book anthology is Nick Corpon with uh, his story uh, straight down the line 
is going to be the next episode of Crime Wave, which should be dropping um, probably within a few days of when uh, this episode now is dropping. I'm really excited. I haven't had an opportunity to listen to him read his story yet, um, but I'm planning on doing that, obviously, before we record that episode, but uh, very excited to hear that. I really like that story a lot. Yeah, I like that guy. Um, I wouldn't get carried away with saying I like the guy, but the story's pretty goddamn good. It's a great story. Mm-hmm. Um, so that'll be coming. So yeah, you can just spend probably like a whole week listening to nothing but us on different podcasts, which would be very cool. So. But <laughs> speaking of Nick, um, there's kind of some some bad news. And I, I got to be honest with you, this put a pretty significant dent in the booked calendar. Yeah, I guess we were uh, keeping all our eggs in one basket to a degree, and it's uh, coming to bite us now because uh, there was a recent and very, very sudden unexpected announcement that the Exhibit A Books imprint is uh, going out of, just getting shut down. Like, just any existing contracts are, are canceled for upcoming books, and they're just going away. Yeah, and I mean, there's been uh, there's been a little bit of backlash on on how this happened. It uh, it didn't seem that the authors had any real advance notice, which it is what it is. But like the news on their page was kind of. Can I read the 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 actual the actual yeah, announcement from their it. webpage? As you will be aware, Angry Robot Books has a history of innovation, and we continue to go from strength to strength. We're constantly trying out new concepts and new ideas, and we continue to publish popular and award-winning books. Our YA imprint, Strange Chemistry, and our crime mystery imprint, Exhibit A, have, due mainly to market saturation, unfortunately been unable to carve out their own niches with as much success. We have therefore made the difficult decision to discontinue Strange Chemistry and Exhibit A effective immediately, and no further titles will be published from these two imprints. The Core Angry Robot imprint is robust, however, and we plan to increase our output from two books a month to three. We have no plans to cancel any titles other than those of Strange Chemistry and Exhibit A. There is no acknowledgement of the authors. There's no... They're like, we're going to put out more books, just not these books. Like, I just don't... I don't know, man. It left a bad taste in a lot of people's mouths, and, and I think I'm leaning towards agreeing with those people. The thing that's weird, too, is... Um they, we uh, we recently met Brian Quartermus, who was the editor over at uh, uh, Exhibit A. He didn't know about it at all. They it was as much of a surprise to him as the authors. So uh, it was business as usual as far as he was concerned, as then uh, to my knowledge. And um, so they let him continue to acquire books and and establish contracts. And then suddenly, out of nowhere, they just dropped the axe. So it was. Very, very sudden, and yeah, a little bit, you know, it seemed very businessy and not so much um, like they cared whether people were actually affected by it. Yeah, like they didn't apologize to us. We were slated to review like three, maybe four of those goddamn books. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So, um, any rate, I'm sure that those books, at least the ones that I'm thinking of, I'm not going to name any of them by name right now, but uh, I'm sure that those will get placed with somewhere else that we'll be able to review them. And then this sparked some conversation amongst our friends, and I started thinking about small presses and stuff like that. And, I mean, I kind of got excited about Exhibit A because the the titles that they had signed and they had already put out were, were things that I really enjoyed. And um, 
I was thinking, okay, this is quality. I can get behind this. I can I can count on this as as a solid place to get books. And now they're gone. And I think that one of the things that we're learning, having been doing this now for a few years, is that you can't rely on the longevity of a company. Like they they could put out a handful of good stuff, and then the next day they're just gone. So it's really difficult to invest too much emotionally and i say emotionally lightly i don't mean like i'm crying now because exhibit a is gone um but it's 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 difficult to get too invested in in some of these companies because you know they can uh put out a good thing or two and then that doesn't mean that they're just one day gonna not vanish yeah it's unfortunate i know you and i've had this conversation both on and off the air but good and uh, popular are two completely different things. And I'm sure it's all a numbers game to exhibit A. They are a business. I'm sorry, an angry robot, because they are a business. Um, but yeah, it is really unfortunate to see um, some place that we've enjoyed numerous titles from just kind of disappear overnight, no less. That was something I was thinking about, too, is um, you get these small presses that are run by authors, and they're not publishers, and they're not marketing. They're not trained in marketing, and so... They acquire these books who, you know, they might be well-written or they might be, you know, something that the, the actual editor themselves really enjoys, but that doesn't mean that anybody's going to give a damn about it. And, you know, that could hurt your press. So it's, I think there is something to be said for having an actual publisher working as a publisher instead of a, a, a writer who kind of moonlights as a publisher. Yeah, that's all very true. At any rate... I'm sad. Thank God no other presses are going to be going out of business anytime soon. <laughs> yeah, this is the one for the year, right? This is the only yeah, one that's, that's going to... That's it. That's it. Anybody else we've ever mentioned in the podcast, they're safe for now? Yeah, as far as I know. But then again, I could wake up tomorrow morning. Can I tell you that that day that that happened, I woke up 6 in the morning to go to work. And usually I have that like 10 or 15 minutes where I just kind of lay in bed and I grab my phone and I hit Facebook and I see this. Then immediately after that, I see an announcement about David James Keaton having another book published. Very, very exciting. Um, then I saw another kind of weird newsy related thing to David James Keaton. I was like, man, so much shit happens overnight. Like, I have to start getting up earlier in the morning because I was like, <laughs> I have to go to work, but I've got like all this shit I want to read. <laughs> so. Yeah, there was. Yeah, I got a text from you about halfway through today that says, did you see all of these things that happened? Yeah, well, because you wake up at 10, 30, 11 in the morning. So I want to make sure that, you know. I'd been living with that that stuff for hours at that point. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, a, a sad farewell to Exhibit A Books, which makes me wonder when I'm going to get my uh, Bartholomew Daniels fix, because I thought there was going to be more of that going on. Yeah, that's rough, too, because that's like mid-series. So, not to specifically, but, you know, Bartholomew Daniels has never bothered to be on this podcast, so I guess we could talk about him feel bad for him if you have a book that's coming out a first book in a series or whatever yeah you got a chance to sell that somewhere else but mid-series that might be a or maybe it wouldn't be rougher maybe they'll be like oh there's already kind of a built-in audience all we have to do is publish this and we'll get some sales so i, I don't yeah I don't know well, hopefully the rights revert and they can just sell the whole series i can't imagine that they don't especially with that type of you know shutdown so. yeah yeah I suppose we could ask, you know, one of the four or five people we know involved with uh, what formerly was known as Exhibit A. That's true. Let's ask him right now and then just wait for them to answer. <laughs> How's that work, guys? Yeah, yeah. Speaking of small publishers, um, I understand that um, 
Hachete has uh, has struck a deal in some way with uh, with the folks over at Apple. I didn't send you an article, so I don't know if you read it or just kind of caught my note. But um, I think they're doing it with they're not publicizing the fact that they're uh, discounting these books. They just all happen to be they have like a, a group of books that that were being discounted, and they all happen to be um, Hachete titles. So. Um, they had someone had to look into um, who the publisher of all the different books on the list was to realize that there was like 26 books and they all happened to be by that publisher. So I think it's a you know the, the speculation is that it's a calculated move, but um, not something that they're like, hey, we're better than Amazon. They're just kind of doing it. Well, I think that the key to that is it was all um, pre-orders that are not available on Amazon, right? Yeah, yeah. Because that was the issue. So it's like if you want a pre-order, which I I don't ever really understand pre-orders for anything that isn't going to immediately sell out. But um, besides that, very, very smart move on the folks over at iBooks, I'm guessing, is where this happens, right? Yeah, yep. So if you need your uh, to pre-order the next three James Patterson books, you know, I'm talking about the ones that come out in like, you know, July, August, and September, um, you can head over to iBooks and you can do that. You cannot do that at Amazon. It's pretty clever. I would have done the same thing. Yeah, it's a very, very smart move. But yeah, they should totally publicize the shit out of that. <laughs> and thank God, man, because Hachete could have gone the way of Exhibit A. Like I said, these small presses, you got to be careful. I know you, you know. <laughs> yeah, they are one of the smaller presses. <laughs> yeah, so. Who do they? Who are the big names? They have James Patterson, right? Mm-hmm. I saw him in the pre-order list. I did actually um, look at the article. So uh-huh. yeah, there was a uh, Patterson title on there. And that guy, poor guy. What would he do if no one could buy his books on Amazon? I know, right? What uh, I mean, he'd have to go down to a smaller palatial mansion, mm-hmm. I'd imagine. Um, maybe actually fly commercial. Yeah, he'd, That'd be he'd, rough. he'd have to. He'd have to. He'd, he'd become invisible. He would. Oh. <laughs> I thought about that the other day. I was thinking, we haven't talked about James Patterson much. And um, for the heck of it, I went back and I listened to our episode where we reviewed Zoo. (laughs) That James, quote, unquote, James Patterson book. And I was thinking to myself, man, I want to read more shitty books. We had a lot of fun talking about that book. That's the problem. Is it? It, I was thinking about this, too, because I'm actually reading a book for the podcast currently that's that's very good. And they're just not as much fun to review when they're good. I don't want to just have us read shitty books 48 weeks a year because that would just be terrible. So we're trapped in this. I'm torn between wanting to read something that's going to be good and wanting to have something to completely tear down. And I'm not going to, I'm not going to make the choice to choose twice as or to read twice as many books because that's insane. Oh, James Patterson. Invisible is now out available uh, June 23rd. That's the day we are uh, recording this. Right? Today's the 23rd, 22nd, whatever it is. Today we're recording on the 23rd, yes. Yeah, so um, available on a Monday, which is weird. But at any rate, it is available. Um, it is written by James Patterson. Hold on, i got to zoom in here. David Ellis is the other um, the other author. Did you want to do some, some Amazon reviews? Um, let me read the synopsis first. Okay. Everybody thinks Emmy Dockery is crazy. Obsessed with finding the link between hundreds of unsolved cases, Emmy has taken leave from her job as an FBI researcher. Now, does that mean she researches the FBI, or she's a researcher for the FBI? (laughs) One probably pays a lot more than the other one. (laughs) 
Uh, now all she has are the newspaper clippings that wallpaper her bedroom and her recurring nightmares of an all-consuming fire. Not even Emmy's ex-boyfriend, field agent Harrison, quote, books, unquote, bookman, will believe her that hundreds of kidnappings, rapes, and murders are all connected. That is, until Emmy finds a piece of evidence that can't... He... He can't afford to ignore? Is this a guy? Or a typo? <laughs> I don't know. I didn't, I didn't actually pull up the synopsis. I don't know. <laughs> it's either a guy or a typo. Okay. More murders are reported by the day, and they're all inexplicable. No motives, no murder weapons, no suspects. Could one person really be responsible for these unthinkable crimes? Invisible is James Patterson's scariest, most chilling standalone thriller yet. See, we could read this one. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's yeah, let, let's do it. <laughs> and then let's sue Exhibit A for leaving these gaping holes in our goddamn calendar where we have to read James yeah. Patterson. Emotional damage and stuff. Oh. Um, okay, I got one that I want to go into first, an Amazon mm-hmm. review. Sure. These reviews went up, because usually the James Patterson books, um, you get like a free sample that's like the first handful of chapters. And those become available uh, for free before the actual book is released. And I'm assuming since the actual book just released today that these reviews are based on the sample, which is not the Mm -hmm. entire, the first eight chapters it looks like, Um, which this one is actually, it's verified on here. So let's see. As usual, the incredible James Patterson delivers. This book kept me dialed in and I read it in two days. I would highly recommend this to others. Amazon, keep up the great service it's a 28 page preview and it took the person two days to read it (laughs) yeah yeah that's um that's nick g five star review oh Oh, here the other thing that nick has reviewed besides this james patterson book is there's a there's a product called arise male four-pack 40 capsules this is a great product ever since i hit 40 things in my life have taken a small step backwards arise has given me new life in the sex department (laughs) oh i thought maybe he was having trouble standing up or something that they made a pill that made that because sometimes i gotta tell you equilibrium yeah it gets harder and harder to like get up out of these comfy ass chairs that we podcast from it's like i'm just gonna sit here for a little bit maybe i'll pop it arise see what happens. i need some arise yeah it made me feel so confident, and my wife was clearly surprised by my newfound affection. I am buying the seven-pack bundle deal next. I don't want to run out. Thanks, Arise. Price is a little high, so that is why I'm buying the bundle package. You can't get a, put a good price on being able to get up out of your chair. No, man. Dude, oh, that's terrible. That's terrible. Yeah, I've been a, Adam, whose legs don't work, if you're listening, Arise. <laughs> Oh, wow. I'm going to laugh so hard I pass out again. (sighs) All right, I've got... got, uh, uh, So now that we're off the arise. (laughs) um, Brian A. Blake from Wimberley, Texas writes, Lillian Blake, I strongly recommend this book. I am anxious to finish it. I have purchased it waiting for it to download. Five. (laughs) I I don't know what any of that means. Uh, apparently tried to tag somebody in a in an Amazon review. Can you even do that? No, I don't think you can. No. All right. Um, 
Uh, I'm going to also read one of the one-star review. And this is a verified purchase from June 16th. It's a little weird. Are they all verified purchases? Yeah, I guess they are, even the, the yeah. preview ones. Oh, yeah, okay. Not as good as earlier books. Seems like since he's writing with another author, his books have changed, and not for the good. Thanks, Kathy Petrillo. We would have never figured that out without you. Um, well, Joe Beck replied and said, I agree James Patterson books are not as good as they used to be when he didn't write with another author. Go back to writing yourself. Let the other authors sell their own books. Good, good call, Joe Beck. Thanks, um, Joe I, Beck. I want to read a, a one-star review from Ira really quick. Um, this is a one-star review of a book. And here's where here we go. Each so-called chapter was only one to two pages long. It was not like reading the first part of a book. More like it dissolves on your tongue in seconds and gone. The last preview I read was about 40 to 50 pages long, which I enjoyed. And I ordered the book immediately after. This preview was just a cynical promotion. Would not buy this book. I was really pissed off that there wasn't enough pages in the free preview. Yeah, yeah, I noticed that too. That's, yeah. Dude, what is it with the two-page chapters, though, man? Yeah, that's That must be the format for all of this stuff now. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. All right. Are we done talking about Patterson? We go back to interesting stuff. Uh, <laughs> Patterson Watch. It's been a while. Pretty happy about that. But yes, yeah, let's move on. Oh, oh good. You going to put that on your 100 happy days hashtag? Yeah, what the fuck? All right. <laughs> you said so, you were happy. Have you... <laughs> You've seen this, right? Pretty much anywhere mm-hmm. a hashtag works, people are doing this 100 happy days thing. Yep. Now, at first I'm thinking, all right, so this is like some sort of, I don't, before, I'm just going to explain what I think it is before I find out if you know what it means or not. Um, mm-hmm. But I, I'm, I was assuming, okay, so these people have made the conscious effort or decision to make an effort on a daily basis to do something that makes them happy. That was my thought, right? Mm-hmm. But then it's like people are just writing in shit like, Oh, you know what? Um, someone opened the door for me at the library. 100 happy days or something. It's like, you know, like just any random thing that wasn't bad news qualifying for this 100 <laughs> happy days thing. And I'm thinking, do you know Do you know anything about this? Um, I um, Well, first, I, I, I didn't do any research, but someone did correct me when I said I thought it was the 100th anniversary of the Happy Days TV show. <laughs> and apparently that was wrong. Because um, I like the Happy Days TV show, and I'm all behind celebrating their 100th anniversary, but apparently it's only been like 50 years or something. So Yeah, apparently um, it didn't come out in 1914. Yeah, no, no, because you know what? They didn't even have TV back then. <laughs> it's crazy, dude. Did you know that? There was no now- TV in 1914? Now I know. Now I know yeah, that. Even the black and white shows weren't on. Um, huh. Yeah, I think it's just it's posting things, you know, like like reasons that you're happy for 100 days. So kind of reminding yourself that there are good things in life. So I don't think they all have to be, like, really excited. You know what I mean? Like, big, big deals. I saw one the other day. They're like, oh, it's a beautiful sunny day out. Hashtag 100 happy days. So I don't know. I do think, though, that um, you do bring up an interesting point about the number of things that come up under the 100 happy days that don't make any sense. Yeah, it's just... just we're gonna... All right, yeah, I've got a couple on Twitter, and I know Rob's uh, combing through Facebook looking for these, but here's an example. <laughs> Hannah Grace, on, uh, which is Hannah Gignacio, if, uh, or Hannah G. Ignacio is probably what that is, 
uh, if you're interested in following this person. Day 28, after risking my life to be driven by James. All right, so I see where this is going, right? Like, I'm happy I'm alive, right? Here's mm-hmm. the second part of it. I arrived home where another person annoyed me. 100 happy days. <laughs> oh, that's good. I've got, I've got another one here, too, that was uh, a little confusing. Day six, recital went by too quickly. 100 happy days. I think you're right. Some of these people, I think, don't quite get the 100 happy days hashtag. <laughs> so I've got kind of a serious one, and I'm not going to read the whole thing because it, it gets pretty dark. Uh, but here, here we go. Um, day 25 of 100. So happy that God knows that he is in control and that he protects so glad that God delivered us from this sick madman, February 2012. While some didn't believe, didn't want to believe, I knew that the truth would come out in the end. It always does. Evil always begets evil. It is nature. 100 happy days, buddy. <laughs> God. See, first of all, it's funny because I'm scrolling through Twitter. I actually found Michael Wilson. <laughs> the hashtag just by scrolling. And uh, he did he get a about? new... I- well, but here's the thing. This makes shirts. This makes shirts. This makes sense. And me saying shirts will make sense in a second, too. <laughs> Bought a new checked dark gray suit from Moss Brothers and coordinated shirts and ties from Next. 100 Happy Days. Mickelson inspired. So we oh, talked man. about wardrobe and the cool suits. So um, this is from uh, just June 22nd from yesterday. So makes perfect sense he's going to be dressed like a goddamn cannibal serial killer so why wouldn't he be happy about why that? wouldn't he everybody should be happy about that yeah, that makes so sense i thought about doing this you know because i'm so into social media as you are well aware that i'm always on whatever bandwagon there is but i kept thinking like god my hundred happy days hashtags would be terrible because there are things that make me really happy it would be like another goddamn podcast bit the dust 100 happy days I'm glad that fucking guy that annoyed me stepped off the curb and broke his ankle. 100 happy days. Like, this is how it would all be. And people would think that I'm parodying 100 happy days, but I'm not. Oh, man. (laughs) Because that's exactly what would be making you happy? Yeah. Here's what you and I need to do. We start a podcast called 100 Happy Days, right? Okay. And I'm hoping, in order for this podcast to work, there has to be at least 100 episodes of Happy Days. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and then or we review each, every episode <laughs> each episode or each episode of the podcast corresponds to an episode of happy days like in this episode Fon- the Fonz jumped a shark on water skis <laughs> um it ran for 11 what do you seasons think? Should we do that? i'm going to have to guess that there are more than 100 episodes it looks like 16 to 20 three per episode all right i think we're going to need to do that so once we're done and before i post this episode i'm going to i'm going to see if i can register 100 happy days podcast for a website i am i am totally down for this i'm sure we'll get through at least two or three episodes it's gonna be great i've never watched any happy days so this is gonna be all brand new to me oh wow dude you'd love it it's 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 not as good as gossip girl but it's pretty goddamn good somewhere between gossip girl and hannibal Yes, yes. <laughs> Hannibal being the lower end, of course. Oh, wow. Okay. All right. Uh, now that we're back on uh, TV shows, um, you know what makes me happy? Penny Dreadful makes me happy. Oh, dude, that show. Um, yeah, uh, I, I've dug I've dug it from the beginning. I, w- I was very excited before it came out, and, and 
Um, we didn't actually talk much about it at all during um, during that This Is Horror episode that I'm going to keep reminding people exists. Uh, but yeah, love that show. It's pretty fantastic. And then you found something. I, I didn't even think about this, but in one of the early, most recent episodes, uh, you found something that I thought was really cool and kind of harkens to the name of the, the show, Penny Dreadful. Yeah, so they um, had addressed a... Um, God, I don't even know what they Well, they were called Penny Dreadfuls, but they're basically kind of like like chapbooks, like as Wikipedia called them, cheap pamphlets um, known as Penny Dreadfuls, which were kind of like horror stories or whatever, I guess, um, that were spread around. But holy crap, this one that they... I don't know now, being from a family of vampires... I don't know how I've never heard of Varney the Vampire, and that's what led me to look into it because they showed this cover for this this Penny Dreadful, and I was like, wow, that's really kind of goofy, weird name. Right. So I looked this up. This ran for two years, right? Six hundred sixty-seven thousand words. Dude. Yeah. That's in well for for perspective, the book anthology, which is four hundred pages, is a hundred thousand words. Yeah, this is a David James Keaton length story about Varney the Vampire or the Feast for Blood. That's insane. That's thousands of pages. That's that's huge. Yeah, <laughs> maybe we should review this. And I respond with it's six hundred sixty-seven thousand words. Um, I was totally game, and I was like, oh, that would take us months to get through. That would take us. Yeah, we we'd have to put our hundred happy days uh, podcast on hold to get through the Varney the Vampire. Um, but if anybody is interested and wants to go back and check it out, um, I did find it on the Gutenberg website, which is, um, um, I think it's Gutenberg, right? Was that where I found it? There's, mm-hmm. um, yep. It's like a, one of the websites that just has a ton of free um, ebooks, you know, predominantly stuff that's falling out, out of, uh, into the public domain. Um, and the entire 660,000 word book with or without illustrations is available to download. So, uh, maybe check it out and um and the thing that i'm wondering now too is do you think they used any information from that dreadful in the as source material for the the tv show um you know i would i'm gonna say yes but here's why apparently dracula is um you know took a lot of its i don't know tropes from Mm -hmm. barney the vampire and since dracula may or may not be a character, but there are definitely characters from the Dracula story. Do, do you follow where I'm going with sure. this? It's yeah, kind yeah. of like a kind of time is a flat circle. Yeah, that kind of thing. So yeah, I would have to imagine that some of it, some of it had to be based on that. <sighs> See, now I really want to read that. Yeah, you know, I was thinking that I might, um, I might undertake a little bit of it. Now, here's what it says from Wikipedia. Um, blah, blah, blah. Serialized Gothic Horror Story by James Malcolm Reimer. Uh, first appeared, blah, blah, blah. Story was, oh no, there was something specific I was looking for. Oh, here we go. Uh, despite its inconsistencies, Vardy the Vampire is more or less a cohesive whole. The story has a confused setting. While ostensibly set in the early 18th century, there are references to the Napoleonic Wars and other indicators that the story is contemporary to the time of its writing in the mid-19th century. So it sounds like it might be a little all over the place. See now, what was the name of the author again? James Malcolm Reimer. Damn it, that was going to be my um, my rapper name. Nice, nicely done. Now I can't. Now <laughs> I got to find something. Yeah. Oh, you know what? Now that I actually read the the some of the characters, it's um, Varney is a last name, so it doesn't sound as goofy. 
Yeah, that sounds okay. That makes more sense. Like, yeah, Sir Francis Varney is is one of the characters, so I'm assuming that that's that he maybe becomes the vampire. At any rate, um, yeah, I'm thinking that I may, uh, may I don't know, that I'll read the whole thing, but I definitely think I'm going to download it and kind of check it out and see what it's uh, what it's about. Just remember too that the episode just uh, uh, aired the other day that I haven't seen yet, so I'm an episode behind and it's making me a little antsy. I'm with you. I am. I am one episode behind as well. Penny Dreadful. Barney, I definitely Barney the Vampire. It. Yeah. One hundred happy days. <sighs> hey. <laughs> <laughs> we could have a lot of fun with that podcast. I think oh, here's what we should so do. Good. If enough mm-hmm. people say they want to hear us do the Hundred Happy Days podcast, we have to do it. Um. Yeah. Because you know what. The episodes will be like 22 minutes each, and we actually keep that podcast down to like 20 minutes. Yeah. And then we could have special guests. We could try to get Ron Howard on, right? Yeah. Yeah, because he's not doing anything, right? Yeah, he's just sitting around. Yeah, since the rest of development's not doing. Now, what's the name of um, the guy that did the Fonz? Oh, uh, God. Um, yeah, this is, this is bad. Uh, Henry Winkler. Henry Winkler. He would be pretty cool to so- have on. Dude, I'm pretty sure that that guy went on to, like, produce some, like, ghost hunter shows. Really? Like, that type of thing, yeah. Huh. And wasn't Scott Bayo on there? I mean, this is gold. There's so many people that we could, like... Oh, yeah, Aaron Moran. Absolutely. There was that Chinese guy that owned Al's or whatever. Wasn't Aaron Moran the one that was, like, all bottomed out in court in Indiana? Yes! Oh, this is all perfect. <laughs> this is all we have to do this now. It's almost this like is, fate. I, I know it took us three years to actually find <laughs> what this podcast was about. <laughs> God damn it. Oh, Henry Winkler. Let's see. I'm telling you, he produced... I'm, I'm pulling it up now, but he's... Uh, 100th anniversary reunion. No, that's not it. Bob Newhart. God damn, Lords of Flatbush. Oh, yeah, that's right. He was in that, too. Happy Days. He was in Happy Days. I'm trying to find him. I'm telling you, man. Like, he I heard something. Like, yeah, it was really weird that he was. Unexplained Mysteries executive <laughs> producer. Maybe that's what I was thinking. Oh, Sightings, Heartland Ghost. So weird. It was another show that he produced six episodes of. So, yeah, he went on to do some just producing of some kind of weird stuff. Uh, all those guys, like Dan Aykroyd, went off on a weird paranormal direction after Ghostbusters, I think. Um, I know a guy who's a paranormal investigator if we ever need that. Oh, are you serious? Yeah, friend of mine in Chicago. Um, are, are they the type I should of actually say on the podcast because I'm pretty sure none of my friends in Chicago <laughs> listen to this podcast. But are they the type of person where if we were making fun of them, they would know it? <laughs> um, yeah, probably. Which is why I'm not going to go out and say anything else. All right, there we go. Uh, <laughs> well, I think we got to do that hundred happy days thing, and um, it, it is nice to know that uh, our, we can change our format. We can finally finalize our format on here to, to something very specific. All right, if 100 Happy Days doesn't work out, we did get... we get, It's kind of weird sometimes how things work. So you, you and I were talking a few episodes ago about like kind of how this could turn into like a kind of morning zoo radio show. Do you remember that? Vaguely. Yeah. So typically what would happen in a normal podcast, like this 100 Happy Days thing, like we would go on and do 100 Happy Days and see how it works, right? Mm-hmm. Not with Booked. With Booked, someone sent in kind of like a, I don't know, almost like an audition tape. Of what our show would sound like as a morning zoo show. So we don't even have to audition our own format that we were talking about. Someone else is willing to do it for us. All right. 
here it is. Strap in. I want to give you guys a little heads up. It is a little on the long side, so typically when we have someone submit some content, it's, you know, one to three minutes long. This is going to be more in the eight to nine minute range. So just if it seems like it's going for a while, just bear with That's us. That's because it is. It just, it never ends. But um, no, it's actually really entertaining. So uh, without further ado, here it is. WBKD Booked Radio. Good, good morning. We've got a bookmark on WBKD. With sound and the fury in the morning. Stay tuned afternoon for a chance to win Guns N' Roses tickets, courtesy of little Robbie Olson's cloud score. But right now, let's set it up to Rob Hard in the booked copter for traffic and weather together. Rob? People are afraid to merge on freeways in Los Angeles. And so too it must be said about Chicago as the Dan Ryan is looking more like a Jack Ryan misadventure. It's the bumper-to-bumper for red blocked tober out here, and the Tempest currently pushing through isn't helping. This kind of gridlock is a killer in the rain. Now back to you in the studio by John Gregory Dunn. <laughs> Thanks, Rob. And now, to page through some literary news, we turn to our resident, raven-haired, sexy librarian, Lenore. Lenore? The Library of Congress announced a new poet laureate today. <laughs> I'm sorry. I seem to be having trouble concentrating. I need something on which to focus. Why don't you take off your top and give us a look at those a big, a beautiful a book Movies. You guys... Oh, time to get real, folks. I'm being told that on the phone we have big-time radio personality Malik Timbali with some serious introspection. Malik? Timbali. What do you think we are? PBR? We're not beer. <laughs> no, we're not beer. But we do have someone on the phone who I'm sure has had his fair share. The former frontman of Rat, Stephen Piercy, calling in to talk about his memoirs, sex, drugs, rat, and roll. What do you say, Fury? Are you ready to go? Round and round with this guy? Yeah, let's go round and round. I don't know any other red songs. Who does? Oh, no time for Piercy, Dr. Jones. You know what that song means? It's Off Yourself Thursday! In which we encourage our listeners to embrace the meaninglessness of life by committing the most meaningful act imaginable, suicide. Let's start with Rob Hard in the booked copter. Rob? Truth be told, the Rob Hart is a lonely hunter. Thanks, Rob. Lenore is standing by with a wet butter knife held to an electrical outlet. In case listeners didn't hear our poor lost Lenore's last words, or that man would objectify her nevermore. 
Apparently, she forgot about the medical examiner. Hey, Fury, <laughs> what you gonna do with that axe to your neck? I am a pretty girl, mommy. I am. And now you're just a pretty held that's pretty dailed. As for me, well, I've got this little revolver here. You see, I've grown tired of donning the veils and doing the dance. I mean, this isn't even my real voice. My name's not Sound, it's Jeff. But who wants to listen to a guy named Jeff? So I put on the mask, like we all put on masks, to hide our inadequacies, our insecurities, our incurable human condition. We put on no plays to pass the days, instilling importance in our theatrics, but all the while our hearts are weighted down with the burdensome knowledge of our own insignificance. Because in the end, our joy, our pain, our celebration and sorrow all wash out the same. In blood and ash, dispatch the mouse and monster alike. And yet we are meant to ignore what is so evident before us, that we, the delusional, are marching passively toward the inevitable silence awaiting us in the wake of this fleeting dream. But with this gun, with this bullet, I choose to scream back against the void. Ah! Well, yeah, so we better focus on 100 happy days, because after hearing that, I don't think we're headed in that direction. <laughs> no, I think we, um, it's, it's nice that we, uh, we accidentally stumbled upon the 100 happy days option, because, uh, I don't know, there's just a little too much energy in that. Yeah, and towards the end, I was expecting a 100 happy days hashtag. It got a little weird towards the end there. But um, I do have to say that in that eight minutes, uh, AAA, Adam Otten, did more production than we've done. <laughs> Ever, God. yeah, pretty much. <laughs> Give that guy credit, man. I don't know. I race recently when we've had you doing like a flashback to your childhood. I've put that like harpsichord kind of music, or not harpsichord, yep. but harp, like harp music in there and stuff. So I'm stepping right, up my so game. So not a not bit. ever than a year's worth of production that we do. There we go. That's right. probably more accurate. Uh, thank you, Triple A, um, dude. Totally don't try to do 100 Happy Days because we're serious. We won't play it on the show. Don't waste your time. Yeah. Yep. And I'm like oh. sadly pretty damn serious about doing it now because it sounds very it sounds like <laughs> Dude, I am totally fun. in. I am totally in. I don't know. I I'm sure that you could run down to like the local Walmart and find like season 1 of Happy Days for like, <laughs> like the 4.99 bin. <laughs> and that'll take care of like 15 episodes right there. Oh, uh, all right. It's happening. All right. Um so before we talk about our next book that we're going to read, um you write a book. Like just like just out of nowhere, you write a book. Yeah, you know, uh, I don't really know exactly why. Because usually, if if honestly, usually I wait until a couple of days before we record the podcast episodes to actually read the book we're going to be talking about. But I was sitting around one day, just chilling, I had a day off, and I just grabbed the Glenn Duncan book. Uh, by blood we live and uh i figured i just you know flip through a chapter or two and see how it starts out just for the hell of it and next thing i know i'm i've killed the 300 plus page book the whole damn thing that's uh and and what did you think um well for people who don't know it is the third in the werewolf the series that glenn duncan wrote the first being the last werewolf and then after that was Tallulah rising um it's a little bit of a different setup because the first two books very primarily 
focus on the perspective of werewolves and uh, things kind of the werewolf existence is the protagonist kind of you know point of view and the like vampires of the enemy kind of thing and in this book uh, the ancient which in the in the second book we were introduced to what was supposed to be the first vampire and his name was Remshi turns out he wasn't the first vampire but um, he's been around for like 20,000 years or something like that and so there's a good chunk of the book that is from his perspective and then the other part of the book is from the perspective of not only Tallulah, but like her little pack of werewolves that had arisen at the uh, end of the second book. Um, definitely a different tone. I was a little worried at first. It took me a while to get into it, but uh, really interesting story. Um, a lot more sex and um, relationship and emotional stuff than the first two books. Still plenty of gore and violence and stuff, but um, it's definitely much more of like a con contemplative kind of piece than, than the first two that were more entertaining action adventure horror kind of things but um, overall I liked it I thought it was a good book I've added it to my summer reading list assuming I have some time to read stuff other than stuff that's already yeah, my immediately to be read pile I also read a book this week can I tell you about the book I read I am dying to hear about the book you read um, well, you will next week for probably about half an hour because I am 91% through Matthew McBride's A Swollen Red Sun. Nice. Yeah, so I, uh, I went ahead and got a jump start on that, but I am excited because I'm going to finish that off and I'm going to read, um, and this is one of those uh, shitty things I like to do because um, no one else can read this yet, or at least most people can't, because <laughs> I am going to be reading uh, the upcoming Kevin Lynn Helmick book, The Rain King. So it's supposed to be kind of a different take on the American Western. I'm very excited to get into this. Not available to anybody, so that's just me being a dick and telling you I can read it and you can't. Hmm. I like that. I like that a lot. Um, did you see uh, what dropped in our mailbox, our email th- today? I, I did. I did, and we actually mentioned it earlier on the show, but again, I didn't want to be double dick 100 happy days. Um. <laughs> <laughs> Was a dick twice on the podcast. Hashtag 100 happy days. <laughs> Only twice. Slow night. Um, yeah, Water for Drowning that we talked about earlier from Ray Cluley and the fine folks over at This Is Horror. Yeah, looking forward to We've had such good luck with the chapbooks from those guys so far, so excited to get another excellent This Is Horror chapbook, which is available for pre-order right now. Um, and if the Stephen Graham Jones uh, Elvis room is any indication, they do sell out and they are in limited quantity, so... Uh, head over to this is horror dot now and when they say the website they say dot co dot uk so I don't think we're supposed to say dot co dot uk but anyway it's this is horror dot co dot uk and uh, get your pre order on for that and I'd like to end the podcast on a little more uh, somber note um, we did have some breaking news earlier um, Richard Matheson um, author of many many fine horror novels has passed away. Uh, you, you know that was like a that was like a year ago, right? No, 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 nope. Saw it on on Facebook, not that long ago, <laughs> like like half an hour ago. Just didn't want to bring it up because we were doing so. You know, we were on such an upbeat thing, and nope. Facebook says Richard Thomas specifically announced that uh, that uh, Richard Matheson, author of such fine novels as Hell House and uh, some other good stuff. 
All right. Do me a know. favor. Either yeah. go through and read the comments, because I'm sure someone's called him out on that, or go to his <laughs> Wikipedia page, one of the he two. De- he, he deleted it already. I thought that was just hilarious. <laughs> I saw it earlier tonight, and I was searching for it, and it's gone. It's completely gone. So, um, At least I think he did. Maybe I was on the Richard Thomas author page. At any rate, you, but here's, here's, the, here's the funny part. So I see that, and I go, ah, that sucks. And I scroll down a few, and I see Crime Spree Magazine says before this gets out of hand or whatever they're like he died in 23rd like a whole separate post so i go oh okay all right good like you know i I thought like he had died like yeah i mean i seriously i was like i didn't think that guy was alive anymore and then i um, later on i see somebody else that i don't know share that exact same it was kind of like a like a you know where where you go to the web page and they have like a picture and it's got like the rest in peace on it so it wasn't a meme but it was the the photo from the web right like a memorial uh, yeah somebody image. else had shared it that saw it so apparently it's becoming you know viral on facebook the richard or, <laughs> not the richard thomas died that's don't <laughs> don't spread that that uh, richard matheson died a little over a year ago 100 happy days Hundred happy days, dude. That really does suck. I I did, and again, I'm having um uh, some some gaps in my memory. But um, uh, I Legend is Richard Matheson, which is a fantastic, phenomenal vampire novel. Oh, right. Um, yeah. He also did, and I didn't read the book, but um, I love the movie. Um, oh God damn it! It was the uh, the one with Robin Williams where he dies and he's in heaven. Cuba Gooding Whoa. Jr. What dreams may come? Yes, that's based on one of his. I don't know if it's a novel or a short story, but I mean, a lot of the stuff Matheson did is very, very influential. So, including die because it, I guess even like a year after it happened, it's still news. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so I guess we could kind of wrap this up. All right, enough silliness. Um, come back next week. Um, we're going to be reviewing uh, Swollen Red Sun by Matthew McBride. Um, until then, I'm Olivia Snedden. And I am the future host of 100 Happy Days, Rob Olson. Keep reading. <laughs>